Well, hello. I'm Lainey, also known as Electro Girl, and I'm an advocate for empowering people to get back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. See, I was diagnosed with epilepsy 30 years ago and basically was never satisfied with hearing from a doctor that pharmaceuticals would be the only approach to controlling my seizures. I just wasn't going to take it. Out of my way, mortal. So I committed many, many years to researching and finding an answer outside of the Western medicine approach to find a more holistic approach in managing and treating my epilepsy and the seizures. The Love Your Diagnosis podcast is a show about exactly that. Each week, we will be looking into the life of someone who has been diagnosed with a condition or illness and has succeeded in managing their diagnosis both in and outside of Western medicine. To start off, we will look at the Western medicine prognosis and approach to dealing with their diagnosis inside the square. Then, we'll dip our toes a little deeper into their story where we talk about other empowering modalities that worked for those people outside of that square. Basically, what put them back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. So hang around with me while we explore living in and outside the medical square when it comes to loving your diagnosis. another episode of Love Your Diagnosis. I'm Lainey and I'm going to take you through today with a lady called Heather Hausenblaus who has a PhD and believes we can have a healthy and happy life through simple wellness habits. Well yes that is correct. Heather has published seven books and over a hundred scientific articles. So you know she knows her shit and even with all this education on wellness that she had Heather's outlook completely shifted when her eldest son was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2018. So she was forced to rediscover what it means to live a healthy, happy life for her family. She simplifies health topics, health psychology. She's a health psychology expert. And we get a background into her son and how that actually changed her whole world. She's, yeah, bestsellers on the topic to help others. And we talk a little a lot about some gut brain stuff as well and you know Crohn's being an autoimmune it's just a fascinating conversation so stay tuned and welcome to Love Your Diagnosis Talking Crohn's Very first up, we'll just talk, I mean, the reason we're here is to basically talk about, I guess, your son's diagnosis and everything that kind of led you to what you're doing today, but we're going to unpack it, you know, bit by bit. Firstly, what is the diagnosis that your son got? How old was he? And 
is he still dealing with it now? So my son, our oldest son, we have three boys, was diagnosed with Crohn's disease about four years ago when he was 16. And at that point on the day he was diagnosed, I didn't even really know what Crohn's disease was. I'd heard of it. I'd seen commercials about it, but I couldn't tell you what um, exactly the, the criteria was. And it really, in lack of a better word, rocked our world. It's one thing you know, when you get sick, but it's another thing when your child gets sick and it just changes everything for you. So just a bit about your background, Heather, you are a, well, you've you've got a PhD, you're a health psychology expert. You know, how long ago had you got your PhD and were you already in this field of work before your son got diagnosed? Yes. So I got my PhD about 25 years ago. So I have been studying and researching and lecturing on health and wellness psychology for the last 25 years, really focusing in large part on how movement and exercise affects our overall health and to a lesser extent, you know, diet and supplementation. And I honestly felt, you know, if you, if you move and you exercise enough, then you're going to be healthy, which all of our boys did not realizing how critically important, you know, so many other things are to our overall health. So let's unpack Crohn's a bit, you know, cause when people think of Crohn's, they probably think of people older than 16, Um, getting something like Crohn's, an autoimmune disease? It's an autoimmune disease, kind of classified, you know, inflammatory bowel diseases, which kind of the two main ones are Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So those are the two. And it's, you know, basically getting with inflammation in in the gut and the colon. So for our son, it was literally from one end to all the way to the other was completely inflamed. Over the course of, you know, about, and this was his sophomore, you know, sophomore year of of high school, he lost within the matter of two months, about 20 pounds and was spending more time in the bathroom than, than anywhere else. And we were going to many different doctors trying to get an answer saying there's something wrong. We just don't know what it is. And it was finally with us being very persistent and very pushy to finally get, you know, to finally get the diagnosis. And the day of the diagnosis, there was a relief in the sense that we knew what it was, but there was also this overwhelming kind of kind of sadness to say, okay, what do we do? We're being told, and I, these words just kept exploding in my mind. It's chronic. It's incurable. It's chronic. It's incurable. And I'm like, this isn't the path that we that we have laid out for for our child. And there has to be there has to be another way. Why is it incurable? Why does it have to be chronic? And for me, having a science background in health, I could go to the research and, and read it and understand it. And I'm not a medical doctor, so I have a, I have a PhD and I do research. So I don't understand a lot of the stuff, you know, from the biological standpoint, but I do understand how there's many ways to become healthy. And what I quickly realized was that we need to make some major changes and it's not just the advice that we're getting from from healthcare. So the day that he was diagnosed, I said, you know, my husband and I felt like we, we got this, what I call this full court press of of healthcare information from his newly appointed, you know, pediatric gastroenterologist. We saw several nurses, a social worker. And then our last meeting of the day was with a dietitian. And I was actually kind of excited about this because I thought, you know what, if he's spending most of his day in the bathroom, you can't tell me that his diet doesn't play some role. And she started off the conversation stating that he can eat anything. And I look at her, I'm like, anything? And she's like, yes, he can have white bread, white rice. And my son pipes up and says, can I still eat Chick-fil-A, which is a very popular fast food restaurant here? And she said, yes. 
And I honestly, I sat there, I sat on my hands and I didn't say anything. I felt dumb. I did not know anything about this. And I just listened. And when we got home, I thought, this doesn't make sense. So that's when I began to reach out to people and I began to research the science saying that if we don't change his diet, he's never going to get healthy. And then I began to take a look at the medicine that he was on and I was able to review the research. And I'm like, this, this medicine doesn't work for somebody with Crohn's disease and went back to his healthcare team saying it doesn't, it doesn't work based on all of the science. And so we took him off of it after several months and he's now in what we would call clinical remission, meaning that he doesn't have any, any symptoms and he we say largely treats it through diet, eating just a, a basically a healthy diet, a diet that most people should be should be following. Okay. So many questions about I mean the dietitian. Did you go back to her and kind of say, can you hand over your uh <laughs> certification by any chance? I didn't. It was, you know, it's sometimes you just don't think it's worth it. It's worth the time and the effort. And for me, I was very fortunate because I was able to go on medical leave from work for, for four months. And it gave me the opportunity I would get up at five in the morning and I would just start researching the disease and trying to understand, you know, what we can do to make him healthy and also our whole, you know, our whole family healthy. And I found that I really was struggling, like healthcare played a significant role in getting him healthy and getting them diagnosis. But I really struggled with just this narrow minded, this is how it has to be. And these are the types of tests and these are the specialists that he needs to go and see. Like there was, you know, one specialist that he went to an eye doctor because apparently, you know, with Crohn's, there's a chance of, you know, eye issues. And, but I look at it and I'm like, it's only 2% of people. So it's really, really low. And it was just all of this excessive stuff that we were, that we were doing. Before your son got sick, is this really the first time that you've had to deal with the medical industry in this way? Yes. Yeah. In, in that way. And at that, yeah. At that, and level. At that level. At that yeah. Level. You know, we, we would, yeah, go to the doctor, you know, when we were sick or the kids were sick, but never at this, you know, never at this level. So what was his diet actually like before? Is it possible because he was so young with Crohn's, potentially he was born with something that gave him a little bit more susceptibility to this? Have you researched that? It's a good question. Yeah. And it's a tough one to, um, to answer a hundred percent, but based on what I have read, there are like, for example, over about the last 20 years, the prevalence rate of, you know, Crohn's disease has more than doubled. So we can't state, you know, that, it, that it's our genes because our genes really don't, don't change that don't change that fast. So it's clearly something to me that's in the environment. What's dramatically changed are things like, like our diet. You know, for the most part, most of us don't eat a healthy diet. So looking back, another um, thing that is related to, you know, an increased risk of Crohn's disease is early antibiotic use. And I can remember our child when he was really young, you know, at about one year old ear infection antibiotic. And I do think that that was kind of the beginning trigger that really threw off his gut. And then it progressively got worse over time. 
a young child that he was the one always running to the, you know, running to the bathroom. So we, we can begin to see, you know, kind of it was years almost in the in the making and it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't until he was in high school that it got really, really bad. And he would, he literally had ulcers in his throat and were going to different doctors and we were just getting kind of these band-aid solutions that they just didn't know what it was. Looks like a really bad throat infection until finally he had lost so much weight. And up to this point, I would say he had a typical teenage diet where there's a lot of fast food going on. We did, we do eat it, you know, eat at the house and try to eat as healthy as possible, but it's clearly not enough fruits and vegetables and, uh, and too much processed food. So what I did is I, I looked at the literature and there's not a lot out there on diet. It's actually beginning to grow um, significantly. And there's some really amazing studies now showing the incredible effects of changing a diet and the effects that it has on not only overall health, but these chronic diseases, these autoimmune diseases, such as such as Crohn's disease. And it's daunting. The diet industry and the literature is, is overwhelming. People say, well, what diet do I follow and what do I do? I latched onto a diet called the specific carbohydrate diet for our son, which it really reduces and eliminates basically all processed foods. You're eating really healthy, lots of fruits and vegetables, you know, healthy types of oils, you know, almond milk, reducing your dairy. And he followed that very, very strictly for um, for several months. And then we began to ease up. And now that he's a, a college student, you know, and he lives in an apartment, he does his cooking and he'll actually now snap pictures of his dinner, his healthy meal that he made and send it to me because he gets it. He knows that if he doesn't eat properly, he's not going to feel good. And you've got other kids, you were saying, but were they susceptible to Crohn's or inflammatory bowel stuff or, or was their was their gut okay? They're fine. Um, their ages now are 13 and, and 18 and they don't have any types of symptoms. My husband and I don't either. So, you know, because of that, we began to think, well, probably was something environmental or unique that happened to, you know, that happened to him. And a fantastic eye-opener for the whole family, really, because the knowledge uh, that you've given your other children through this and then your son can now share it with his friends and, you know, it's that it's that flow-on effect of, well, I've, I'm going through this, but actually I can help this many other people understand how important diet is. Right, exactly. And it comes down to, you know, you hear the food is medicine and it, it honestly, it, it's true. And we forget about how important it is, not only from just the physical standpoint, but also the, the social standpoint. We know that families that eat meals at the house are their their kids are more likely to be healthier which isn't a surprise but another byproduct is that the kids are more likely to have a larger vocabulary and have a higher gpa in school so perform better academically so there's just a lot of kind of these byproducts and spin-offs that that happen from from eating really healthy preparing meals as a family and sitting down and eating them together and the research is you know finally showing how powerful our our diet is to our overall health. Amen to that. There's a lot of talk about the gut-brain connection, which is completely true and the research, you know, shows it and supports it. What was your son's, what's his name? So his name is Tommy. Tommy. Let's call him Tommy. What was Tommy's mental focus like when he's he was having so many gut issues and dealing with the Crohn's? Because if his gut was affected so badly, 
what was his academic life like, his emotional life like, and things like that that are stemmed from the nervous system. It's tough. It's tough to concentrate. It's tough to, you know, it's tough to focus. And for him, you know, over the, the fall when he was really, really sick, he would, you know, get up, go to school literally for about an hour. I would get a call from him saying he wasn't feeling good. He would come home for a few hours and then try to get back to school. And that was kind of the, the routine. And we honestly thought that maybe he was depressed or there was socially like something going on because all of a sudden he stopped going out on the weekends, you know, with this, with his friends and he wasn't disclosing, you know, how much pain he was in and how sick he actually was. So it really affects everything. You know, his grades began to drop because he was having a hard time concentrating in school and he was missing so much school. So as a parent, you know, you're trying to say, okay, figure out, you know, what is wrong. And when he wasn't disclosing to us, because it's really a, quite an embarrassing, you know, disease you don't really talk about or like to talk about how many times you go to the bathroom during a day. But if we were more open about talking about it, then people probably wouldn't suffer for so long. So the point is that it affects, you know, not only your physical health, but your mental health and your social health as well. Yes, like so many illnesses. At the moment, is he off medication, did you say? Yeah, he's been off medication for um, for a few years now and eats, you know, tries to eat as healthy, you know, as healthy as possible. And he exercises and tries to, you know, keep the stress level down through that and has a great social group of friends. Do you ever cure Crohn's or is it just managing? That's a good question. So they say it's chronic and incurable, but there are, you know, whispers coming out of why is that the case and why can't we cure this? So some individuals will get into clinical remission, meaning that they're not showing any of the clinical symptoms. So right now our son is in clinical remission with the goal ultimately of being what we say deep, deep remission, meaning that there is no inflammation at all within the colon. And there are many, many individuals who have, you know, I, IBD that, that lead a very healthy, very happy life. And it doesn't really, doesn't really affect them once they get it under control and they don't have what is called a flare up. So a flare up is when the symptoms, you know, the symptoms come back. Okay. So it really is just paying attention, being mindful, taking personal responsibility for everything with, with a lot of um, conditions and that I speak to people too. You know, I do ask them, do you ever get annoyed that you have to think about everything that you do. And in this case, in Tommy's case, I would ask if he was here, do you get annoyed that you have to think about everything that you put in your mouth and stress levels as well could do a flare up, I believe. Is that true? Oh, it is a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent true. And we, we would see this, you know, looking back, it seemed like almost like every fall when he started school, after about a week, he would end up getting really sick with something that could, they could never diagnose, but he was really sick and he would be bad and he would be in pain and stuff. And I think it was the stress of starting back at school every fall that would kind of trigger that. This stress plays a key role. And we've noticed that in times when he had, you know, important things like important tests, he, he would not feel good. The next question to you, I mean, you've now written a book about this. You've published seven books and over a hundred scientific articles. I mean, accolades all over the place, but you've, you've published a book called Invisible Illness, A Guide to Reducing Overwhelm and Achieving Optimal Health While Living with an Autoimmune Disease. Fabulous. That's a bestseller, isn't it? It is. And I never set out to write the book, but as I was doing research, I began to jot notes down and stuff and some stories of my personal experience kind of came out and I'm talking to a lot of parents 
who have kids with, with autoimmune diseases. And I thought, you know, I need to, to get this out there to share not only my story and my overwhelm with Tommy when, when he was sick and what we did, but also the science behind this. Yes, healthcare plays a role, but there's many ways to be healthy and health can mean many things to many people. So kind of pulling that all together with, with little science-based tips on how to be healthy. Like for example, when Tommy um, was first diagnosed, I began to track what he was eating and how he felt and how many times he was going to the, going to the bathroom. So I basically, I was keeping what we call a food sensitivity journal for him. I knew he wasn't going to do it. So I was doing it to see if there were certain foods that he ate that were kind of um, affecting him in, in certain ways. And so what I did is I went into the science on keeping a food sensitivity journal and the science, you know, indicates that people who actually track what they eat end up, they're more likely if they want to lose weight to actually lose weight. And it really shows people how the food that they're eating affects their overall well-being. So then what I did is I, I designed a food sensitivity journal that I felt was really good that people could use to track. These are really, really simple and easy tips for people on their on their health wellness journey, you know, to, to do. And I, I would also research on exercise and autoimmune diseases and what is the relationship. And we know that people that move or exercise a lot and have these chronic conditions, it helps them manage their condition and they're overall healthier by, by doing this. So I began to take a look at all of these things that we do and how we can actually become healthy. And then the book evolved with like different stories of, of my challenges with healthcare or getting them healthy and providing that along with the science. Fantastic. Two words that stood out on your website. Well, a lot of words, but two particular words, eliminating overwhelm. That's what the gift that uh, one of the gifts that you're giving to people. Do you mean after diagnosis or just just in general, the overwhelm of having a condition of any sort? Yeah, just just in general. It's not just for someone, for example, who has like a chronic condition or an autoimmune disease. Even if you're so-called, you know, normal and don't have something, our lives are are jam-packed and we're often overwhelmed with stuff. So it's a matter of okay, what can we do to reduce this overwhelm so that we can live a healthy and and happy life? And what exactly does that mean? And it, it can mean many different things for, for people. It certainly is a challenge, and that's what I was trying to do by breaking down, you know, breaking down the science. It's wonderful. Excellent work. I'll put all the, the links in the podcast notes. I've got a couple more questions though. Would you say that Tommy loves his diagnosis? That's a good question. I think there was a sense of relief for him to know that you know, what he was going through, there was, you know, there was a label and it meant something. It just wasn't kind of like him alone, right? Knowing that there's there's a way, there's a diagnosis, and then there's a way to there's a way to get better. And honestly, he was so sick at this point that I don't think it it was probably a, a bit of a relief for him to just to just know. And for me, it gave me the the knowledge and the power then to to move forward and say, okay, now that I know what he has. Now I can go and research it and try to figure out how to get him healthy because before that we were just guessing. And just the fact that he's mum, like going through this as an adult when you feel like you're on your own and dealing with it is one thing, but but being a teenager and having a mum that has a scientific background and is, is like eager to research and learn and not just take take one person's opinion about something is so amazing as well. So, you know, he's very lucky in that sense. Well, I think, you know, any parent would, you know, when your child is sick, you, you do what you can. 
you know, part of my desire to, to write the book was that I, I do have a novel background and I wanted to be able to share that with others to say, hey, I've done all the research. I've spent the hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of hours researching all this stuff and break it down just in a really digestible form for, for people that they can read. And it's not, you know, it's not like reading, reading science or those stories and, and quick look, quick tips and healthy recipes on how you can, whether you have a chronic disease or you just want to go from, let's say, being, you know, uh, normal to, to healthier, you can get this information from the, you know, from the book. One final question, and you've given so many. Is, is there any tips for, I guess, parents going through this with their kids? Any final tips that you can give just as a mum to people who are going through it with their kids or even just people that are, you know, going through it because you don't have it yourself, but you've lived it? I think what's critical and what was very helpful for, for me was to get support from other parents. So there's a lot of of groups out there that you can join, whether it's, you know, on, on Facebook, um, you know, somewhere th- through social media or local organizations or national organizations that you can join. So what I did was I got involved and we had, you know, for example, here we have the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation that has a 5K walk. So we joined that. I got a group of my friends and we all went out and we walked it to raise money. And from there, I met other parents. And that was really, really helpful to be able to talk to other parents to see what they were going through, what they did to help their child, because there's really there, there's power in that support because I felt so alone. I felt so alone in my grief, so alone in my, my thoughts. And although I had friends that were very supportive, I felt that they couldn't exactly understand, right, what I was going through or what my son was going through. But when you're with other parents that have a child with a chronic disease, then you have that, you have that commonality where there's a lot of, of, of solidarity, you know, in speaking with other people that way. So I would strongly encourage parents to do that. That's fantastic. Heather, thanks so much for your time. There's beautiful pearls of wisdom. Congratulations on all the articles and books that you've written and helping so many people. And hopefully this uh, podcast will have planted a few seeds in, in, in people's heads. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I love being on here and thank you for everything that you do. It's so important. If you would like to donate to the running of this podcast and you can afford a few little bucks a month or whatever it is that you can afford to keep the show going without ads, please hit the PayPal button. And if you've got a few loose coins, that would really mean a lot to me and other people who are listening to this podcast and getting seeds of inspiration. Also, leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that just means more people will know about it. If you've got a story that you want to share, that you've had success with and that you've researched and found some some joy and gold in your own diagnosis, please hit me up. I'm always happy to share anyone's story. The main takeaway message in these podcasts is get second opinions, find a doctor that you really resonate with and research the shit out of what you're going on. Get back in the driver's seat of your health, everyone. You do not need to take one person's opinion about the rest of your life and how to live it. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm Lainey Godiva. Godiva.